Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Along with Sean Robertson from CBS 6, we are broadcasting live from Colonial Downs. This is our first Thursday here of this race season. We will be here. We are scheduled to be here each and every Thursday right through September's uh, finish with the Virginia Derby. We'll be talking more about that during the course of this five o'clock hour we'd love to talk with you as well 804-327-0888 remember they race thursdays fridays and saturdays post time is 1 30 there's free general admission you just walk in the gate and uh, there are plenty of tents you can sit underneath the tents get right up in front of the horses it's really a great great experience and colonial downs now owned by churchill downs um so they're making some improvements and some tweaks and some changes and we'll be talking about all that today and throughout the time that we're here on thursday all right. Um, last hour, we did a lot of talk about Michael Phillips out at the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And within that conversation, and obviously our bitter disappointment, a lot of other folks' bitter disappointment, uh, Sean, you particularly mentioned just how important he was to the coverage of the Washington Commanders. And that held true for us as well, because we had him on this radio station all the time, as I mentioned, as a regular paid contributor to talk about the Washington Commanders. So let's talk a little bit about the Washington Commanders. Michael would probably like us to do that okay <laughs> look he's looking for a job it's not any worse than that right at right. this point so um the latest two stories sean as a guy who's covered the team and is a fan of the team the expose on espn.com um mm-hmm. that brought out the gruden emails mm-hmm. um the snyder um kind of you know backdooring some things who's shocked by that nobody really what could have happened and what did happen and then the reports today from the washington post that this sale might be a little bit more complicated than it already is and whether you think that's going to be a speed bump to get this done it still sounds like when they vote in a couple of weeks the owners at least are going to approve this thing overwhelmingly whether josh harris can then sign on the dotted line with dan snyder could be a whole nother issue depending on what these complications are all about and you hope the complications are not because of these emails that were leaked and supposedly the people or the persons that leaked these emails were snyder and also commissioner roger goodell how how apropos is that just when you think everything is you know where the the date was july 20th that was supposed to be the date that the the owners were going to meet and they were expected to make the vote that would allow Josh Harris and his group to take over ownership of the Washington Commanders. We're about, what, a week? A little, little over a week away. And now, oh, this comes up. Mm-hmm. It's just one thing after another. And I don't know. I, I, I hopefully it doesn't play a role in the, in the owners because you need 24 of them to vote in favor of Harris and his group or whoever to take over. Hopefully that is just, okay, no, this is, maybe that might be the tip of the iceberg. Like, this is the point where we just, we're tired of Dan Snyder and let's just get him out somehow, some way. That might, that might have been uh, the, the last straw to the owners to say, he is bad for our league. Uh, one of the true great franchises has gone 
down the drain because of what he has done on and off the field with this organization. And maybe they're just saying, hey, look, we got this is it. He's gone, and we'll figure out something with Harris and his group. We'll, we'll you know, you know, iron out those details. But this situation with Snyder has got to be has got to end, and maybe this is the point where it does end. I think that's the way it will go. I think the vote will go on one way or the other, and I think it will be overwhelming, if not unanimous, that they approve the sale. Maybe I'm reading into this wrong, and again, these stories seem to break at a time when I don't have enough time to digest it all before we come on the air. Yeah. And I hate to just you know wing it off the top of my balding head because that'll get me in trouble <laughs> for sure. Even though I've got a cap on a spider cap, a spider on cap today for for. For the record. But I think it could be more of a complication between Josh Harris and Dan Snyder to uh, finalize the sale as much as it is the owners approving approve. the sale. Now, if there's no sale, there's nothing for the owners to approve. I get Correct. that. So I, I think to me the worrisome point is, is Josh Harris still comfortable with the negotiations and the agreement and the sale? And is Dan Snyder? Now, look, Dan Snyder's not going to not do this deal over a few million dollars, right? This thing is a $6 billion deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to do everything in his power to take that money yes. at this point. I don't think there's any doubt. This is not going to come down to, like, quibbling over $500,000 or a million dollars or whatever. There's something else going on here. That's that's thrown a fly into the ointment, and maybe Harris is maybe I don't know maybe, maybe. Harris and his, yeah. and his group is saying, you know, we thought this was a done deal. Now we got some more issues coming up, and maybe he's tired of dealing with whatever issues that are coming up between him and Snyder's group. And I mean, he's already part owner of the Sixers. He's part owner of the Devils. He's a minority owner of the Steelers. So it's not like he you that know, he's got to give up. He would right? have to yeah, give up, right? He up. would have to give that up. But if if this doesn't work out, it's not like. He doesn't have something in the league. Uh, it's you, 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 for the fans, and I'm one of them. You know, this is a situation where you you would hope everything gets ironed out, all the dot, you know eyes are dotted, the T's are crossed, and Snyder comes is out. Harris and his group is in, and we can have some, you know, maybe a little bit of normalcy in the nation's capital and in Ashburn with everything that's going on. But I, the way Snyder is, this could get ugly and this could last right through the season and this will be just this that dark cloud. Yeah, that would oh. be that dark cloud that just hovers every single day in Ashburn. So I don't know if, if the vote will push that forward or I don't know. This is I have no idea. Here's my opinion on the Josh Harris part of this, and this is strictly opinion and virtually no fact, of course, because you know I'm a sports talk show host. <laughs> um, and look, he's owner of the Sixers, and I would call him a eh, okay owner. There there are people in Philly who vilify him, and there are people in Philly who think he's a pretty good owner, but he hasn't quite gotten it done there yet right mm-hmm. they have they have not won a championship they haven't even gotten to the championship level Conference yet final, and, right? and they seem to keep you know restarting yeah you know that because i don't think he's a great owner to begin with um you know i can't speak for the devils i don't follow them that close but i don't think they've been all that great in the time that he's been the owner but here's the one thing i know about all these owners sean they all got massive egos. Yep. I mean massive egos to go along with their massive wallets. This thing has gone far enough along mm-hmm. and is public enough along at this point. Josh Harris is not going to let this deal not happen. He is going to find a way to buy. I hope so. I hope so. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I think, with, I think with Commander fans, they want anybody other than Snyder 
to be the owner. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they want him sight unseen. You know, you'll see him at games and stuff like that. But you, you, you get to a point where enough is enough. And let's just hope, like I said, this was the last straw to say, look, if, if the other owners have to get involved for this to, to be finalized, get Dan Snyder out as owner get Harris and his group in and then you can work out the remaining details after that t- takes place but the but the main thing is you got to get Snyder out and we're two weeks away from the start of training camp. Yep. <laughs> so it, that vote will be taken before training camp from every timetable. July 20th. Yep. So a week from today, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll take that vote. And I'm sure that will be overwhelmingly positive, if not unanimous. Yeah. I, I didn't think at first it would be unanimous. But I think with this is going on, it, yeah. could, it, could, be a, it could be a unanimous yeah. vote. I thought, you know, that Jones and maybe a couple of others – would would side with Snyder? I'm not so. I don't. I'm not so sure because there's some. Remember, there's still some beef between Goodell and Jones mm-hmm. in 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 recent past dealing with what Jones wanted to do with the Cowboys by himself as a separate entity, as opposed to uh, you know divvying up his uh, his money around the league. Mm-hmm. So that still hovers over there too. So. I don't know. It, it, it might not shock me if that is a unanimous vote. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great, actually. Let's send him on his way for sure. All right, we need to get on our way. I'll tell you what, a little bit later, let's do just some on-field stuff. I ran across a pretty good, uh, pretty good analytical piece, I thought, anyway, about the commanders and what they got coming. Maybe you saw it as well. Uh, J.P. Finley was actually the first one I saw who tweeted it out. I had never been to this... Uh, to this site before but it, it's it's pretty good so they did a whole thing on on all the sharp football it's called i don't know if you ever okay. heard sharp analytical it. it's a lot of analytical stuff which i'm not huge on but i thought these were really good so maybe at the bottom of the hour we'll we'll actually talk some real football okay. uh, one one thing that i did see on twitter before we uh sure go to break uh washington key offensive players sam howell brian robinson mclaurin jahan dotson Deami brown they're working out together in florida key guys in that offense with the exception of curtis samuel getting together i think sam might have put this together they're down in florida working out together good but good if, for if, them if you're commanders you're liking that, that that's a positive you're right? liking that. that's a positive absolutely sure all right here we go five o'clock hour of the sports subtle here's what we got coming up for you on what has turned out to be a really nice day and opening day of the race season here at colonial downs these are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines are brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. More details and info available if you check it out online at James River Air. Uh, we mentioned we are at Colonial Downs, start of their race season. We're going to talk more about it and what's coming up here at Colonial Downs. Not so much on the track, but perhaps off the track. What's going to make it such a great fan experience? Chelsea Harden from Colonial Downs will join us after the break. We'll talk about all of that and the upcoming race season, which just gets underway today. They're racing every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday through the first week in September when they finish it off with the Virginia Derby. So Chelsea will join us right after the break. This is Chelsea Day on the sports huddle because we had Chelsea Janes in the four o'clock hour and Chelsea Harden coming up here in the five o'clock hour and we'll get into some more commanders talk at the bottom of the hour on field stuff no Dan Snyder Josh Harris Roger Goodell lawyers attorneys we're going to talk some real football at the bottom
bottom of the hour. You can talk it with us, 804-327-0888. Get you on there. It's also our text line, 327-0888. But we'll be talking some horse racing, Colonial Downs style, when we come back on 1061 ESPN. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Is Sam Howell the man in D.C.? Can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl? Can Russell Wilson bounce back from last season's disaster with the Broncos? The answers begin in training camp. And we'll bring you the latest from each camp around the league. Here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. As we've said, uh, no Braves baseball tonight. You heard the promo. They're back on the air tomorrow night. No baseball at all tonight. And, in fact, virtually nothing in the sports world at all today. So it was the perfect day for Colonial Downs to take center stage have opening day for their 2023 race season, which starts today, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 1.30 post time, all the way through the Virginia Derby in early September. So let's find out a little bit more about all of that and what's coming up in this race season, particularly for the fans, particularly for you when you come down here. Obviously, you're coming down to watch the horses, to bet on the horses, to win some money, but you can also have an awful lot more fun down here. To tell us more about that, Chelsea Harden, Regional Marketing Manager for Colonial downs chelsea thanks for hanging out with us for for much of the afternoon we appreciate your patience and joining us under the broadcast tent how are you i'm good thank you for having me absolutely so tell us a little bit about what's coming up what's new at colonial downs from a a fan perspective we know they're coming to you know put their money down and win some money and that sort of thing but what you're involved with to make it an even better experience well the fan experience is everything to us Uh, we wouldn't be anything without our fans so we have some amazing giveaways coming up Uh, today for opening day we gave out a special colonial downs hat Uh, but coming up we're going to have a stuffed horse on July 28th for the kids (laughs) has its own little Colonial Downs t-shirt we have a specialty shirt it's going to be a surprise for everyone on August 11th Uh, August 28th a clear crossbody stadium bag and then a Colonial Downs water bottle on September 1st first thousand through the doors get those so it sounds like there's been a lot of thought put into these as you were rattling them off i keep going you probably were too sure that makes sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense how did you guys come up with what you were going to be giving away this year and kind of the rhyme and reason to it so it's it's been a few years that um my team's been doing the races so we've done a few different giveaways and seen what the fans really enjoy Mm -hmm. um we're in the middle of summer, so a water bottle makes sense. It's hot out here. Got to keep everyone hydrated. Um, we have a lot of local sports uh, as well, besides Colonial Downs during the summer squirrels. Uh, so a stadium bag makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to do something for the kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, a plush horse. Uh, and <laughs> I want that one. I think that one's yeah, really cool. <laughs> everybody loves a T-shirt, too. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing a T-shirt from probably three years ago, a Secretariat T-shirt we gave out. Um, and I've seen several fans rocking them today, which just brings a smile to my face because I've worked with, um, you know, our creative team to create those uh, multiple years being here with Colonial Downs. And it's just great to see the smile on everyone's faces when they get the, the giveaways that we put together. You mentioned the other sports teams that you kind of have to compete with to a certain degree with the squirrels and also the kickers. How do you try to, when you kind of, Meet with your team during the off season. What do you try to do to set yourself apart 
from the other sports entities that you have to compete with here in the city? I don't even think it's a competition. Um, I mean, we already set ourselves apart because we're the horse racing track in the area. Um, our big thing is becoming a partner and okay. having a partnership with those. You know, we're going to have a VCU day. We're going to have a squirrels day. Uh, we're going to have a NASCAR day with the Richmond mm. Raceway this weekend. They're going to be out here on Saturday. So it's it's not competition. It's creating those partnerships in the area and, you know, being a community partner because not only are they fans of Colonial Downs, but they're fans of, of those sports partners as well. You know, I'll give you two ways that you do set yourself apart from all the others. <laughs> free parking and free admission. Yes. <laughs> right? See? There you see? Right? That is true. We have lots of free parking. General admission is free. And tickets as low as five bucks. Right. So if you really do want, you know, the... the I try to lob it to her, Bob. Yeah, she, she but, but I, I get that's it. the I first thing. Sorry, that, I'm, that, I'm, I'm a team player. I understand. That always dawns on me there. And, and as you said, if you do want the better seating, I guess what, inside or? Yes, or we have the great. Fi for five bucks, I mean, come on. We also have, we have inside air conditioned yep. seating um, as well. And, you know, we have a great partnership uh, this year, which is something different that we're excited about with uh, OVG or Oakview Group to bring a, um, it, you know, a, um, elevated dining and concession experience mm -hmm. to our spectators mm -hmm. uh, that we haven't been able to offer in years past. Well, working out the partnerships instead of uh, competing, yeah. do you communicate with the with the other pro entities? Do you communicate with Parney and Rob Ucrop and Lori uh, with Richmond Raceway to kind of see, okay, not maybe what they're doing, but like how can we mm -hmm. maybe get some squirrel fans to come and like you say, have those those giveaways. Exactly. That, what. Yeah, what kind of codes can we can we work together with, or uh, when can we come and do a day with you, and you come do a day with us? And you know, we definitely work together to help each other out. I guess the other cool thing is the fact that you got, you guys are pretty close to one another. It's a probably what 20, 25 minute yeah. radius. So that's a cool thing where you guys are, you know. You're working together, and you're that close with one another that you can do things together like that. Exactly. You've been here how long now? I've been here four and a half years okay. with Colonial Downs. Okay, so it's different this year because of the new ownership group, because Churchill Downs it now own, owns Colonial Downs. Ha, has that impacted you? How has, has that been? That's an interesting transition that I'm sure impacted you, but may also impact the fans when they come out here. Impacting me, it's given me more resources, mm -hmm. which I think is bringing a better experience for the fans. Uh, something that is going to be new and improved this year is uh, bringing a better experience for families. Every Saturday is going to be family day. Mm. Uh, we're going to have bouncy houses. Now, not every every week. Every week's going to be a little bit different mm -hmm. on Saturday, mm -hmm. but bouncy houses, magicians, face painters, jugglers. So this week we're going to have a petting zoo and a face painter and that the petting zoo is going to have pony rides. Nice. Well, that oh. makes sense. Yeah. Uh huh. That's cool so, for the kids. Really yeah. cool. Drive. And we'll also have some surprise interactive experiences that'll be available on those Saturdays as well. Very well, exciting. What did, I guess what do the fans say when they when they are right here this close to where the horses are? Where well, we are right now, we're basically literally across. From I guess, the paddock. Th from, yep. from, the, from, the, from that. What what have they said to you guys about I guess the closeness where you could they, they you know you could just basically pet the horse if necessary before they act before the actual race. Well, I wouldn't do that. I understand, <laughs> but they could. I'm just saying, yeah. be, being that close. No one's reaching over the no, rail to not. do that actually. No. So I haven't. Okay. 
I haven't been to many other tracks, but I know the ones I have been, it's it's hard to get that track side like that to the paddock. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of kids and families love that you can be this close to viewing the horses mm -hmm. uh, before they get onto the turf to race. Um, and just seeing the awe on, yeah. especially the kids' faces mm -hmm. when, when they're out there and, and looking at the horses probably six feet away from them absolutely i think it's it's really mm -hmm. cool and, Chel and you're not going to find that no any other places uh, absolutely chelsea harden from colonial downs visiting with us we're here each and every thursday as part of their meet season and you used another key phrase or key word in describing the fan experience this year and that's saturday racing yes. back on the weekend which hasn't happened since before the pandemic correct correct what type of impact will that have on you and what you do and the fan experience and i think we all understand why it wasn't mm -hmm. on the weekends before and during the pandemic and the amount of money that can be made when you're running when virtually no other tracks are running across the country but to get it back on a saturday would seem so fan friendly to me yeah we're, we're definitely excited to be back racing on the weekends uh thursday friday saturday it's going to give the fans a better chance to come out and be with us on those days and get to experience the horses and the fun activities that we have going on and the different days um festival of racing on august 12th the virginia derby on september 9th and we're excited to have more more people out here with us than we have been able to in the the past couple mm -hmm. of years i was going to ask uh, how much of a hit i guess did the track take with not having racing on the, on saturdays we actually did really well last year mm -hmm. because we didn't have to compete with some of those bigger tracks like saratoga um but it did take a, I think our fans took the bigger right. hit because mm -hmm. they weren't able to come out and enjoy it because it was they were all working days. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't a weekend where you wouldn't have work. And this allows now people that can't be off on a weekday or they're not off during the summer to be able to come out here and enjoy this experience as a family. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to us. Yep, absolutely. I think it's going to be great. Obviously, you haven't had a Saturday yet. You'll start to mm -hmm. see yes. how that goes this this Saturday for sure. Hey, let me finish up with you. You alluded to this a little bit. You're wearing a Secretariat uh, T-shirt. Yes. Uh, 50 years now, right, from, from yes. Secretariat? Yes, it's his 50th anniversary of Triple Crown. Right, right. I mean, how much of that is still interwoven as a thread in everything you do that, you know, Secretariat is is Virginia horse racing? It is. It's we have the Secretariat Turf Course. Mm -hmm. Again, his 50th anniversary of the Triple Crown. Uh, we will have a the Secretariat Stakes out here on the Festival of Racing on August 12th. It's a I believe a Grade Two Stakes race, and uh, we're really excited to have that move uh, from Arlington to Colonial yeah. Downs mm. along with uh, the Arlington Million and the Beverly D. Really exciting. What should we expect this year with the Virginia Derby? It's, it's going to be big, and especially the Festival of Racing on, on, on August 12th. We have, mm -hmm. we have a lot up our sleeve. I'm not going to give it away. Okay. Uh, As we get closer, we'll have you back, and you can give us some more hints. Definitely. But one hint, now one hint for the derby? <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I think we're going to have a military flyover. How about oh, that? Oh, that is cool. Okay. okay. We've never done that before. Really? This is never exciting. You're getting to do stuff yeah. you haven't done before, right? I never exactly. knew that. Exactly. And that's one of the things I've really loved about working with Churchill Downs this year 
is that we have so many resources that we did not have mm -hmm. beforehand and so many opportunities that we're getting to bring to the table, uh, not just for us as team members, but to bring to the guest experience, and it's really, really exciting. It really is. Awesome. That's a huge partnership. That really is. Churchill Down to partner uh, with Colonial Downs. That's huge. Have it's you ever amazing. been out there to Churchill Downs? Not yet. Downs? Yeah, they know, not, that they should know happen I now, right? Go. Yeah, absolutely. That should be part of the deal. If you're, <laughs> I, uh, if, you're, if you're a partner with them, I mean, you should get. It's going to happen. Some people have. Some people got to go help with the Kentucky Derby, and it was definitely a great experience for yeah. them. And I'm ready to sign up for next yeah, year. Yeah, make sure you get to do that. <laughs> I actually took the tour of Churchill Downs, you know, obviously not on Derby Day, but wow. it, was, it was really cool. Like the, the backstretch and seeing everything back there and what goes into it, mm -hmm. really a cool experience. If you get a chance, go do the tour. Well, they would give you the $100 tour. Yes. I, I got the $25 tour because I think that's what we had to pay. I don't, I don't even know what we paid, but it, it was worth it, whatever it was. Chelsea, thank you so much. Come by our broadcast tent anytime. We thank love being you. out here uh, during the season and, and really great success with everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Chelsea Harden from Colonial Downs with us. It will be a great fan experience, and I will add a family fan experience. So bring them on out here. They'll have a great time. Again, racing Thursday, Friday, Saturdays at 1.30. Uh, just past 5.30, we'll come back. we got a little breaking news we haven't gotten to yet on the UVA football baseball front. Yep. We'll talk about that, and if we have time, more of your beloved commanders, all right? <laughs> all right. All of that coming up after the break, 106.1 ESPN. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Is Sam Howell the man in D.C.? Can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl? Can Russell Wilson bounce back from last season's disaster with the Broncos? The answers begin in training camp. And we'll bring you the latest from each camp around the league. Here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Sean and Bob back with you on the Sports Huddle. Already coming up on 20 minutes to 6 from Colonial Downs. They're finishing up their first day of racing here today. And uh, they're back tomorrow at 1.30 and Saturday, which will be one of those family fun days at 1.30 as well. Really excited to see what kind of crowds they get out here, particularly on Saturday this year. First time they've been able to do that uh, since pre pandemic um all right one of the breaking stories that sean and i were kind of kicking around a little bit off the air we hadn't gotten to and probably should have before this point uh was the jay wolfick story um uh, Sean, out of, out of Benedictine from mm -hmm. Chesterfield, was a two-sport standout, obviously, in high school, and then did it again in college for a little while, football and baseball. But the announcement coming, what, today, right? Yeah. He, that, uh, that he's not going to do that any longer. Yeah, the school announced it, and then he posted on social media that uh, – you know, it was a hard decision, but he felt that, you know, baseball is the best opportunity for him, and he decided he wasn't going to be a member of the football team any longer. And, you know, when the, he was doing so well during the year and they made the College World Series and then he made the Collegiate National Team for Team USA, I was like, that was going to be very hard for him to, like, turn around in about a couple of weeks and then work, you know, this football season. He didn't get a lot of time during spring right. playing. Uh, and then you're going to turn around and really – try to go into the deep end with a full with a new system this is a whole new offensive system than it was last year i think that would have been a, a very hard ask for him to try to manage so um he decided hey you know baseball is going to be my opportunity and decided to to do that so didn't think he was going to get a lot of playing time with football was given you know like i said the other guys getting a, a leg up on him so yeah. this is probably the 
the smarter move for him to make. And he really hadn't gotten that much time with football anyway. I think he only appeared in four games uh, last year. Yeah, that was in 2021. As a true freshman, he started a game and played in five. But, you know, pretty mediocre results, quite frankly, to your point, because it's just hard when you're missing all that practice time in the spring. It makes it not to mention the wear and tear on your body no and I, to your point i wonder where he did or did not fit into tony elliott's plans this year that's yeah that's you know? that's a good point because i guess you know tony wanted him to do both and he was encouraging him to do both he didn't want to be the guy to say no you got to choose one or the other he wanted him to go that route and i guess make his own decision which he did but you know those other quarterbacks they came in a couple were transfers you know they were going to get the opportunity uh to learn the system just like jay would have had to do and you know during the spring see like they you know were accl- became more acclimated to the to the system better than jay while jay was playing baseball and you just gotta you gotta go with those guys i think uh tony tony musket yeah. uh from uh, monmouth so mm-hmm. he's coming from an fcs school but you know put up ridiculous numbers yeah. there I, I gotta believe he's probably i think he's a leading he's, he's the a front runner yeah, he's right? a front runner to be the starting quarterback and i i know uh checking out social media earlier today he was supposedly throughout the first pitch at one of the uh summer college oh, at the charlottesville uh yeah. tom socks yeah. yeah so yeah, you know the valley you, league that's yeah. the case i would think he's gonna be the odds on favor to be the starting quarterback but you know that was a school that that jay you know he, he chose that chose uva because they were going to be the school that gave him the opportunity to do both he wanted to play both he went to the school that gave him that opportunity and to his credit, he just didn't feel like he could really give his all at both. And he decided to play uh, baseball. We'll see how he does now moving forward being full-time baseball with uh, head coach Brian O'Connor. Yeah, and, I mean, here's the other thing. He's got one more collegiate season before he is draft eligible. Mm-hmm. So if, if that – and I'm sure he had people advising him here. I mean, yep. you know, he comes from a, an athletic family. Um, I'm, I'm sure the people at Benedictine probably were helping him out a little bit as well, whether that was Greg Lilly or Sean, Sean Ryan, Ryan or whomever it may have, yep. may have been at Benedictine as well. And, you know, his draft status could depend on how his baseball season is uh, when we get to the spring. So it probably makes sense that, you know, people say, look, your future is probably baseball. No question. You know? He's a great athlete with football he had some breathtaking plays while he was at benedictine just didn't get those opportunities at the college level because of who was in front of him with brennan armstrong who did everything while he was there when uh bronco was the head coach just didn't get those snaps to to show off the skills and i think he will probably have a better opportunity to go pro as a baseball player and now full-fledged baseball guy I think his his stock will rise a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Probably so. For everything we're thinking and saying, probably the right move. Yep. At some point, he was going to have to pick one. Very very few anymore in this day and anybody yeah. in any day and age, but very few have been able to play both at such a high level. And he so might be long. the full fledged cl- you know closer, closer given right? yep. what happened in the CWS this past season where he didn't get that opportunity right. and maybe some were thinking he should have. Now he probably will be in that role next year let's see how he will be as a maybe full-time closer with o'connor uh next season should have plenty of opportunity to close games as well because they should they should be really good again uh again next season all right let's get our 
break in. I think they just just ran the last race of the day here at Colonial Downs, so the timing for us is is great. They're just wrapping up day one, which seems to be very successful. You said the crowd was very good. Looked like the racing was good. We got a great chance to see the horses parade right by us before each and every race and how they water them down and keep them cool and hydrated and all of that. So a really pretty good day out here today and again. Tomorrow and Saturday each week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at one thirty. All right, final segment of the Sports Auto coming up after the break on 1061 ESPN. This week on Sunday Night Baseball, it's a showdown in the American League West. Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels go head-to-head with Jose Abreu and the Houston Astros. Coverage begins at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app. Traffic reports on... This is a Lewis song right here. Yeah, I think he picked it. Uh, no question. Yeah, you like it? I am. Good stuff. Good, good, good way to to end the end the show. Lewis, great job again today at our ESPN Richmond studios. Robert always been out here scrambling all over the place. Uh, see, he's, to do he's getting it. ready. But uh, he upgraded us. This is a much bigger, nicer tent for us, I think. Anyway, I I, I hope we stay outside. I know Matt Joseph likes to go inside. He <laughs> likes the air conditioning. It's closer to the bedding window, windows. I'll give him well, that. Of course, much. you know. But I like being out here. I like being out, you mentioned it with Chelsea earlier. I like seeing the horses. Yeah. come right by us, and we got the big screen right in front of us mm-hmm. to watch the races up there. Good spot. Got the folks coming by. Everybody stares at us as yeah. they're walking out. Like, what are those jokers doing? Talking? They, were, they think we're the payout uh, table. <laughs> like, Boy, you know, they got that wrong. Yeah, that, that's for we, we don't we don't have nothing to pay out. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. All right, we don't really have enough time to get deep into this um, Washington Commanders analytics um, that I found. J.P. Finley was actually the first one that I saw that tweeted it out. By the way, he also tweeted it out his anger and disappointment about the Michael Phillips ah. um, termination today at the Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh, one of many that I've seen in, in scrolling through. That's kind of become our overriding story mm-hmm. of the day. And again, I always preface it and caution it with it's a media story, so it's important to us, and hopefully it's at least of interest. Um, to our audience. But anyway, JP uh, found uh, Sharp Football, a gentleman by the name of Warren Sharp, and he's big into analytics, Sharp Football Analysis. And I thought it really was uh, pretty good analysis, and he ranks every team by all sorts of things, by position group, by your schedule, by who you play after your bye week, who who has a bye week going into your, all of that stuff. And, Sean, I'll just give you a moment here. He came up with six and a half wins for the commanders. Now, then he gave reasons why you would bet the under, meaning less than six and a half wins, and why you would bet the over. And I must admit, his arguments for the under are much more compelling than his arguments for the over. But I'll let you kind of phrase that argument uh, a little bit, because I I think six and a half is a little bit low. Like I I always say, Sean, until they do something other than mediocre, I wouldn't pick them to do anything but mediocre. So I'm thinking they're a seven or eight win team. I'm gonna go over. Okay. I yeah, mean, I know that I the schedule is tough. Yeah. That thing, you know, that short Thanksgiving week playing Sunday, Thursday is always challenging. Uh, but to say that they only gonna get six and a half wins, I can I can see more than that. I one, let's say Howell does not play well, Sam Howell, who is the projected starting quarterback. You do have a solid backup in Jacoby Brissett. Yep. He he's mm-hmm. been around the game a long, long time. He knows a lot of offensive systems. I think he would be fine if he's in a position to have to come in and replace Howell at a certain point. 
But with that being said, six and a half wins, I think that's slow. Here's the best thing that they said about why bet the over. <laughs> the commanders are tied for the league's highest net rest advantage with five games with more rest than their opponent compared to a single game with less rest than their opponent. I ain't saying much. No, it's not. Now, he also said the offensive line underachieved last season, mm-hmm. and it's ranked 30th this season and that's, and, and, but the, by and they, these analytics. Yeah, and they added to that group. I mean, they added three good free agents on the offensive line, including a former chief mm-hmm. who would know the system with the enemy. So it'll be very interesting. That, that, that line, that's probably the most important position outside of D-line with the team because to me they got to keep Howell upright so without that old line really doing anything Howell will do nothing so to me that position is even more important than the quarterback and that is exactly what he said particularly with the guys they added and the health factor because they had injuries all year mm-hmm. and he said improvement in health should allow the line to reach the top half of the league in efficiency to yes. your point it needs to be in the top half no to question. protect sam Howe or even jacoby Brissett. no question i mean everybody's going to say the quarterback but if that offensive line does not play together at least 10 to 12 games you might have some injuries along the way where one guy's going to miss a start or two but at the most if they can get at least 12 starts together they should they should be fine if they don't it's going to be that rotating mm-hmm. quarterback carousel again So why bet the under? The Commanders have the ninth most difficult projected strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. The other teams in the East are all projected to win over eight games. The home schedule is among the league's most difficult, including Buffalo, San Francisco, and Roberts, Miami Dolphins. I mean, it ain't no chippies. No. Commanders face a gauntlet to finish out the season. Five of their last six games are against opponents projected to win more than nine Mm -hmm. games. And he's not real high on Ron Rivera, who he mentions Rivera has not coached a winning season since 2017. Yeah. (laughs) So there are a lot of compelling arguments there. I mean, he's got 21 wins. But he's won at least he's won seven games each of those years with a division title. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the, the schedule is brutal. Yeah. Like you know, Buffalo comes. That's a great offense and a good defense. We know what San Francisco can do defensively. Um, and if you, and you got McCaffrey, will have a full off season with that with uh, Kyle Shanahan. That's good. That could be scary good if they're all healthy. That could be a scary good offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miami, the health with Tua. If he stays upright and he's healthy with those fast receivers, that that's a wild card. Yes, that's a wild card team in the AFC. And then his other question mark was Eric Bieniemy. You know what's what's he going to be as an offensive coordinator? We don't really know. Yeah. That was kind of name only in, in Kansas City with, yeah. with Andy Reid really uh, pushing the buttons there. So and, and the impending sale of the team. See, we almost made it through without bringing that up. But even in the statistical analytics, it got brought up as well as to how that might impact. The team as Even well. with all of that, I think they still can get. More. I think they can get at least seven. I would take the over. Okay. Some breaks need to go along their way to get to probably eight or nine. See, now my optimism is not all that great now. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm going. They're going to get at least. They'll get at least seven. Well, that's what I'm. I would go over because I'm going to say either seven or eight. Because uh, NFC- if I was overly optimistic, I would say nine, and they'd be nine and eight, but no more yeah, than that. I, the NFC is down this year. You think? I mean, well, if Saquon Barkley doesn't play, the Giants are going to be in that's trouble. That's going to be down. Uh, I mean, still not so with Seattle with Geno. Yeah. Uh, Arizona, that's that's a team. That's yeah. a franchise in flux. And in the in the North, 
I mean, Detroit's up and coming, but can they get over that hump? Haven't what Green? Yet. Yeah, what Green Bay and Chicago gonna look like? What will Minnesota look like without Thielen? Opposite Justin Jefferson. I don't think the NFC is as deep as AFC. AFC is loaded, loaded. Yeah. this year, and unfortunately, they got to see the AFC East uh, this year. So I will I will stay over. All right, but. Cautiously over. Cautiously over. They'll get at least seven. All right. We're over for this afternoon. Lewis, great job back in our ESPN Richmond studios. Robert out here on location. We've had a blast as we knew we would here at Colonial Downs. We'll be back here each and every Thursday. I am out at the uh, Quad Ball. Quad National ball. Championships. We'll find out about that tomorrow at Glover <laughs> Park in uh, in Glen Allen in Henrico County. Another uh, Richmond Region Tourism presents, and we'll find out more about that tomorrow on the Sports Huddle at 4 o'clock. Sean, thanks. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon right here on 106.1 ESPN. Pearson Moss at 9520 West Broad Street.